Thanks for coming uh, to worship with us today. Uh, just want to say thanks to our team for uh, really uh, going over the top this month to express appreciation for uh, Suzette and I. And I, I'd be totally remiss if I didn't say thank you to our team. Uh, we have an excellent uh, staff team here at our church. I think they deserve a hand. Uh, they are... They, they love Jesus, they're hardworking, uh, they're great, great people, all uh, extremely gifted at what they do, and, uh, and we're all working together for the glory of God. And, and so, uh, just um, so, so grateful, Suzette and I, we went to New Orleans for our uh, anniversary, and uh, we, we're from New Orleans, home of the New Orleans Saints, who are five and one now. Atop the NFC South while the Panthers are in last place. But that really, I probably shouldn't even mention that. Uh, but uh, no, we were, we were in New Orleans. We were at, a, at one of the best restaurants in New Orleans, which is saying a lot. And uh, on the day of our anniversary, and we finish our meal, and uh, we get a card handed to us by uh, our waiter, and our staff has paid for our dinner for our anniversary. So... Just uh, so blessed and so touched, and uh, just thank you guys so much for all that. And you know, this is a good this is a good day uh, because it's a day for us to stop and to uh, celebrate. For us to say thank you first and foremost to the Lord, right? I mean, His faithfulness is what carries us through, and and we're just grateful for everything God has done. And, uh, and, and what I know is that because of God's faithfulness in the past, uh, I can certainly count on his faithfulness in the future. And, you know, this idea of just leaning in and trusting God. So, like, we can be grateful for the past, but we can also be grateful for the future because the future is ours because the future is his. So uh, that you might have uncertainty in your life, but there's no uncertainty in the heart of God, and there's no uncertainty in his plan for you. Uh, and, and I also want to say thank you to, uh, to everybody who's not just our staff, but people who have been in our church for years and uh, who just bought in, who just dove into the dream of this house and God's dream for the house of God and people who served uh, people who've given, people who've prayed, people who've leaned in, people who've graduated from being just a consumer uh, to actually being a contributor, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that, uh, and I just believe that our best days are still in front of us. And you know, here we are 29 years in, and uh, my, our passion, Suzanne and I, for the house and for what God wants to do is as great as it's ever been. And uh, we're just believing for great things for the future. So uh, I hope you're leaning into that with me, and we're just going to see God do incredible things. I should say this before I dive in to what I want to talk about today. Uh, I want to invite all of our men uh, to come out and join us this Friday night. Just a couple of times every year, uh, we get all of our guys together, and we feed them steak. Yeah, come on, you got to like that. And, uh, and we just have a good time to connect. And uh, I just believe that, um, that the house of God should be full of strong, godly men. 
And, uh, and there's something about just pulling the men together and say, come on, guys, let's, let's connect, let's build relationships, let's build friendships, let's lean in, let's pray, let's, let's just put strong shoulders to what God wants to do in the earth. And, you know, I, it, it's, it's not just our church, it's, it's every church, but it still astonishes me how easy it is to get the ladies to come do stuff and how difficult it is to get the guys to do stuff uh, together. So, ladies, use your powers, whatever they may be, uh, and, uh, and get your man out here on a Friday night. You'll have a better man because of it. So, so it, it'll be good for you. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys, get, come on out Friday night. Let's hang out together and uh, let's have a good time. Uh, I want to read a story that is, uh, that's just kind of a one-off message uh, for today, but uh, I want to read a story that's probably pretty familiar to you, and there's a, there's a, a few verses involved in this, but uh, I think it's okay to read the Bible in church. Luke 15, uh, verse 11, probably you know this story, but uh, it says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. There he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. I just want to make a side comment. That's not really my message, but uh, I think it's interesting when when, when we are in the wrong place, it seems everybody wants to take from us. But I have found that when I am in the right place in my relationship with the Lord, the favor of God causes people to want to bless. And, and that's one of the reasons you want to be connected to people because often the blessing of God comes through people. So no one would give him anything. When he finally came to his senses, verse 17, he said to himself, at home... Even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I'm going to go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please just take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father... I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. His father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him, get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, kill the calf. We've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For, the, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Everybody say the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. 
your father has killed the fattened calf and we are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I slaved for you, never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. This is a story of a father and two brothers. And my focus uh, for this morning is going to be actually on the brother who stayed. Because I want to talk about some things about him. I think that could be helpful for us. But these two brothers lived in a house that actually had everything they needed. Everything they needed for living a great life was in their father's house. But but neither one of them seemed to realize what they actually had. So one of them was thinking, I got to go find my best life out there. He didn't recognize that his best life could be found in his father's house. The other lived in his father's house, but seemed unable to understand and realize all the great things that he had right here. And the prodigal is often, you know, thought of in this story. As a matter of fact, most often this story would be called the story of the prodigal son. And he thought his best life was if I go somewhere else. Uh, if he thought maybe I, I'm too big to stay here. The party is out there. But after a while, he has this realization and he discovers that everything he had, he needed, he already had it in his father's house. I think some people think a great life is somewhere out there. And they don't realize that everything they need is more than likely right here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17 uh, tells us this. Wisdom is in the presence of the one who has understanding. But the eyes of a fool... Or on the ends of the earth. So while I realize it, it, it is appropriate sometimes to go out there to find and locate what God's will is for you, I'm glad God called Suzette and I to move away from Tallahassee, Florida, where we'd been for five years, to come here. I think sometimes a lot of people uh, don't realize what they actually have and what is actually theirs now. And they, they struggle thinking, if I go out there, maybe I could find something out there. It's been the kind of thinking that's ruined a lot of marriages. It's been the kind of thinking 
that's put a lot of people in positions where they've never been able to put any roots down because they keep thinking it's over there. No, it's over there. No, it's over there. It, it, it's, it's everywhere but here. And then you have this, the, the older brother, who is the guy I actually want to focus on today, uh, is he doesn't actually realize that he's got everything he needs right here. He didn't realize how great things actually were for him right here, right now. Uh, and, he, and he had this, had this funky attitude about other people celebrating. Like, and you could tell when you're not in a good place is when you start not liking other people's celebration. <laughs> like when other people are doing well and it bothers you. And, uh, and he didn't realize what he actually had. Hey, listen, this, this past week, a couple of days ago, I had a dream. In my dream, I lost my phone. I mean, you know, that's a bad dream. That's a bad dream. As a matter of fact, as soon as I got up, I made sure that I had insurance for my phone because I was thinking, uh, and, but we don't often, we're not often grateful for our phone, but if we lost it and found it, we'd be pretty darn grateful. If you lost your keys and to your car and found them, you'd be pretty darn grateful. But the verse that really stood out to me, that spoke to me, is his father, the father says to him, you've always had access to everything I own. And so Luke 15, uh, what verse is it? 31. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. And I think... He's saying to his son, and I think the Holy Spirit would want to say to you and I today, you don't have to wait around for somebody else to throw you a party. You, you could have been grateful all along. You, you could have been celebrating all along if you wanted to. You, 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 could have, you could have taken in all that you already have all along. It's all yours in your father's house. It, so it's really your choice to get to celebrate. It's, it's your choice to be grateful. It's your choice to be happy. Come on, somebody. It, it's, it's your call to, to stop and realize what you already have. So what I want to say to all of us today is throw your own party. Don't fuss about somebody else's party. Throw your own. 
Don't fuss about somebody else's blessing. Get a hold of your own. Don't fuss about somebody else seeming to move forward. Celebrate what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Because I'm telling you, in Christ, you already have more than you can handle. In your father's house, you already have far more than you could ever handle. I love this from the message, 1 Corinthians 4. It, the Bible says this, you already have all you need. You already have more access to God than you can actually handle. Come on, turn and look at your neighbor and say, you can't handle it. Without bringing either Apollos or me into it, you're sitting on top of the world. At least God's world. And we're right there sitting alongside of you. And I'm just here today to maybe remind us to stay aware of what we already have. To stay grateful for what we already have. I I'm here to give you permission to throw your own party for your own life. Let me give you a couple verses just to kind of drill down on this. I could probably spend forever on this idea, but just a few verses. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So you've already received all that you need. It's not just spiritual blessing, meaning just spirit things, but it all starts in the heavens. So everything you need has already been given to you. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Peter, one more passage on this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything. Everybody say everything. Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Come on. There's a promise from God to cover every area of your life, any arena of your life. There is a promise from God. And to get a hold of this, to know what you have, to know who you are, to know whose you are, to know who your father is, to know that what is yours in your father's house. Philippians 1.6 says, I pray for you that the faith we share may effectively deepen your understanding of every good thing that already belongs to you in Christ. And this older brother, he was... He lived like a little man in a big house. 
the smallness and the confined and the negativity and the grind that he lived in was really within himself. In his father's house, he had everything he needed. He had cause for celebration. There were more than enough fattened calves for him to have a celebration with his friends. And I'm here today to say all breakthrough into a, a place where you can start to throw your own party starts with a revelation of who you are and what you have and what's in your father's house. Because if, if you don't get a revelation, please hear this idea. <laughs> if you don't get a revelation of who you are in Christ, if you don't get a revelation of what you have in your father's house, no change to the outer circumstances will be enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough accolade. There's, there's, there's not enough comfort around you that can be greater than what's going on within you. And this older brother is the prime example of this because he had no realization of everything that was his and he, he was dutiful, he was obedient, but he lived small in a kingdom. Anybody hear what I'm saying here today? Uh, there's a couple of guys in the Bible, I don't know if I have time to cover both of them today in addition to this, but, but Gideon is one of these guys that kind of had the same thing going on. In Judges chapter 6, you find this guy named Gideon. Israel is in this place of, of, of containment. It's, there's an oppression that's around them. And Judges 6.11 tells us this, that the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in, that was in Ophrah, uh, he, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in a wine press in order to try to save it from the oppressive Midianites. So most of you know this idea, but the idea is when you're beating the, the wheat and, and getting the chaff out of it, it's usually something you would do out in a field, you would do out in an open place so that the wind could blow the chaff away. But here is Gideon, because of circumstances, because of things that have happened around them, he, he, is, he is involved in an activity that should be happening out in the wide open spaces, but he's actually doing it in a closed-in space. And the closed-in space is really the condition of his heart at this time. Yes, there were outside circumstances that kind of led him to, to lean this way, but the truth is, it's all within. 2 Corinthians 6 uh, says this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fit you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them 
in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively, i.e., throw your own party. <laughs> and the older brother, the, this guy Gideon in the Old Testament, they, the problem was on the inside. God has given you and me all these incredible, amazing promises that are intended to lead us to an abundant life. But I know the reality for a lot of people is their circumstances or forces that have come against them or the storms of life or events that have happened that seemed out of control or the opinions of other people or a negative experience or a disappointment or the devil, there is a devil, and there's bad thinking and there's bad believing and all of those things can conspire to make us live like a little man in a big house. It can conspire to make us live in a way where we should be, our activities should be out in the wide open spaces, but we're in a little wine press. And it can start to fence us in. And I'm here today to help you remember who you really are. I'm here to help you remember whose you really are. I'm here to remind you that, to know what you really have. And, you know, God enters in to Gideon's world and tries and starts the work of getting him to break out of his containment, out of his smallness. And can I just say that if you and I would learn to throw our own party, it would be good for the other people around us. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Nobody likes to be married to a grumpy husband. I read several times this past week through the book of Proverbs about how it's just not good to live with an argumentative wife. That's what the Bible said. In other words, if you, could, if you could get set free, you would bless a lot of people. You would help a lot of people. Come on. Your, your breakthrough, your, your, your move into a, a bigger place uh, to where you're recognizing who you are and what you have and what's in your father's house. Hey, listen, it's not just for you. It is for you. God wants it for you. God loves you. He wants it. But it's for everybody around you. Your, your party is not just for you. <laughs> so here's how, here's how God opens, uh, starts up the process. Um, and and I, wanna, I want us to see this. Judges 6, 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said, Oh, Lord, have you seen the stock market this week? 
Have you seen the price of gas? Have you seen the price of, of a house in Asheville? Oh, Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this stuff happened to us? And where are our his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord looked at him and said, go in this your strength. One version says, go in the strength you have. Deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, I'm just a little man. My family is the least and Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. Didn't realize who he was. Didn't realize what was in his father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. The whole process begins with a revelation. First is a revelation of God. Gideon, the Lord is with you. Would you put your name in that blank and realize that the Lord is with you? He's not against you. He's for you. The Lord. And then, it, then not only does Gideon get a revelation of God, but God gives Gideon a revelation of himself. The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. God doesn't start by changing Gideon's circumstance. He starts the whole process by changing Gideon's revelation. He starts by changing Gideon's outlook. He starts by changing Gideon's viewpoint on God, his viewpoint on life, his paradigm about what is God really like? What does God want for my life? God is helping Gideon pause to think about this. Gideon, what do you really believe about God? Do you believe he's with you? Do you believe he's for you? Do you believe he can do great things? What do you really believe about yourself? What do you really believe about life? And I think it's good for us to stop and go, what do I really believe about God? Like, do I believe that God is for me? Do I believe that God is kind? That God is loving? Do I believe that God is big? Do I believe that God has all wisdom needed? Do I believe that God is creative? Do I believe that God is abundant? Do I believe that God is not stingy? Somebody say amen. Do I believe God is supportive? Or do I believe that God is stern? He's rigid, he's hard, he's bland, he's always on the verge of anger. He, he's about confining us because when you believe God's about confining you, you're going to have the big brother syndrome. 
And you're going you're gonna to hate everybody else's celebration. You're going to hate everybody else breaking out. You're going to hate everybody else moving forward. Church, the Lord is with you. The, the Lord is for you. And, and I just want to say, the Lord is the Lord. Right? Uh, come on. The, other people are not your Lord. The devil is not the Lord. The economy is not the Lord. Gas prices are not the Lord. So here's what I know. You and I build life out of how we really see it. We build our family. We build our church. We build our finances. We build it out of how we see it. And I, want, I just want to come today, 29-year anniversary of our church, and just remind you one more time, there's a God who is for you. There's more than you will ever need in your Father's house. There are promises from God that could create an amazing future for you. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Father, we're just grateful that we are given a place in our Father's house because of what Jesus has done. And I'm praying for every person that feels stuck, that feels contained, that feels like things are not moving forward for them, that you will help us, God, to grab a hold and remember how good, how abundant, how blessed, how blessing our Father really is. Lord, I'm praying for, for eyes to open, for hearts to open. God, for a new view. God, help us. We don't want to be the prodigal son, but we also don't want to be the older brother who just lives like a little person in a big house. So, Father, help us today. In Jesus' name. Every head still bowed, every eye closed. Just a couple minutes more. Maybe you're here today. You've never actually surrendered to the love and the lordship of Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here and you used to be closer to the Lord than you are today. But you know it's time for you to come home. I would love to pray with you. Or maybe you just feel uncertain about where you stand with God. I want to pray with you. Nobody's looking around. We just have a couple minutes left in this service. But if you say, Pastor, I, I, I want my life in the hands of God, or I know I need to come home, or I just want to feel sure, I want to know for sure I'm right with God, would you pray for me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. God bless you right here. Come on, just, this is not a call for you to be perfect, for you to get your act together. It's a call for you to surrender your life to Jesus. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. Would you pray with me? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, everybody that that is opening their heart to Jesus today. But I think it's a good prayer for all of us to pray together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, 
I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start as I surrender to Jesus' Lordship. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.